So hi, Frankie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm Thank good. You. I'm good. So with pleasure. And for those who don't know Frankie, she's an amazing entrepreneur. She's a woman on a mission. We're going to talk about that later. And she's the founder, the creator of Coconut Girl. She sells amazing desserts. I don't know if I should call them like that, but you're going to tell us more about this in a second. But the first thing I want to say, and maybe that's what people are, um, are wondering, is that I discovered you on Shark Tank. Maybe people saw you on Shark Tank and maybe people are wondering, how did you end up there? That's the first thing I want to ask you. And then, of course, we're going to rewind. I'm going to tell you the whole okay. story. I want to know everything. Okay. Well, till this day, I, I honestly don't even know how I ended up on Shark Tank. But um, my segment did air March of this year, right before um, shelter in place happened here in California. But so I actually applied twice. I don't know, if, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but I do, I'm very transparent about my story. I talked about how I applied the first time. I made it through a few rounds and the producers decided to change their mind. Um, but I ended up applying second time. Obviously I made it. And uh, the reason why I decided to apply again was because the first time I applied, um, it was an open casting out in Palm Springs area. Um, I ran into somebody at the food show the next day and he recognized me from the casting call. He goes, Hey, were you just, you know, at Shark Tank? I'm like, yeah. So we ended up exchanging business cards. And later that year, I think it was around November, his segment aired. And I am like, Oh my goodness, I met this guy that could have been me. And so mm. I was, I was motivated to reapply again. And I did that last year in March and um, I made it. I filmed in June of last year and then my segment aired March of this year. So that's how I ended up. Wow. I like that you're transparent about it because there's nothing to, nothing to hide. I think it's, it's a strength that you, you, you tried a second time and that's you, you, and it's also like kind of a rite of passage, if I can say so. You know, the first time you're discovering, I guess, and you don't know yeah. exactly. And the second time, maybe you were more confident. Mm -hmm. Definitely, because you don't know what to expect. I mean, and it's funny because I'm very camera shy. You know, I was living in LA, LA at the time, but there's nothing Hollywood about my world. But I saw it all the time. So um, it was, it was, yeah, it was crazy for me to even put myself out there and then reapply and, and I got it. So definitely second time around, um, I knew what I did wrong. I just didn't have enough energy um, mm. and definitely a lot more hungry the second time around. So talking about hungry, so tell us about your products. Uh, you're going to be the best person to describe them. Uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm qualified enough, although I, I, I saw everything you did and it's amazing. That's why uh, you are in this podcast. So tell us, what are your products exactly? So I make nice cream sandwiches. Um, I call them nice cream because they're dairy free, technically not ice cream, made with coconut milk, which is why it's called Coconut Girl. Um, mm. We have three flavors right now, Hang Loose Vanilla, Beach Bum Maple, and Aloha Chocolate. It's got this very cute be uh, beach vibe, which is, um, you know, I started the company in Santa Monica. But they're nice cream sandwiches. So all of our products are based on the paleo diet. Our cookies are made with almond butter. Only use coconut milk. There's no dairy, no soy. And I only use honey, dates, and maple syrup to sweeten all of our products. So it's a healthy alternative to ice cream sandwiches. There's nothing really out there. You know, you get the ice cream that's gluten-free or dairy-free, or you have the um, ice cream sandwiches. You don't really, it's hard to find something that's both gluten-free and dairy-free. Um, 
and that's good for you better alternative so yeah that so it's is it i was wondering that i don't know why i mean i was wondering is it fat or is it like good fat it's good fat so okay. you know i coconut milk has a yeah. lot of her coconut has a lot of fat so does almond butter so my whole thing with my product is not so much the calorie count but it's you know counting the chemicals so I emphasize the quality ingredients using non-processed, no sugars, no refined sugars. So it is, it is higher in fat and calories, but you're putting the good ingredients in your body. And that is what fills you up, makes you full. Yeah. So yeah, not a low calorie, no fat dessert. It's still a dessert. So it does have sugar, but I use natural sugars. No, that's really cool. I, I usually don't start like a podcast by saying, hey, present your product. Like, like if you were pitching or something, but I think your product is great because you really made something, you really feel the need and you, you made a dessert for people who usually can't have dessert basically. And I, I love that you, you core target or your customers or you, I guess you have a better name for your community or um but your ideal customer is very clear on your website and and you i can directly see that you understand them and that you made a product really for them but uh from what i i understood it was an accident at the beginning right you yes. started it started as an accident definitely i mean so i created a product for myself to be honest with you um okay. about 10 years ago started doing CrossFit with CrossFit, you know, we're all about the paleo diet at the time. And everyone thought it was a fad diet. Um, but when I joined the gym, you know, I've always been obsessed with health and fitness, but they introduced me to the paleo diet. Um, and it, I didn't look at it as a diet. It's definitely more of a lifestyle where our focus became the quality of ingredients, not so much, you know, counting calories, because for someone like me, cal counting calories, they just don't work. I, I tend to obsess over it, and then I end up over consuming. So it just doesn't work for me. So people like me out there, who aren't focused so much on the calorie content, but wanting to put the quality ingredients in their body. So I created that um, I had to do paleo for 30 days. And I was basically creating healthy alternatives, to everything, pancakes, um, rice, and then desserts. And so it was just an accident. I had this obsession with date shakes and I dreamt about it because that's how obsessed I am. And I, my dream basically was just putting this date shake recipe into an ice cream machine. And then the next day I decided to do it. I'm like, wow, that tastes actually amazing. And I started giving it to my friends at the gym, the coaches, and it, that's just how it spread organically. It was definitely an, uh, an accident. Wow. That's cool. That's really cool. Now, how hard, I was wondering, how hard is it to make it, uh, a, a product, some food that are free of everything, gluten-free and this free? And the, is it really hard to make it simple, if I can say so? Yes. Uh, it's okay. hard in the sense that it's a commercial product. So, you know, with a lot of um, products out there in the grocery stores, you're having, having to add the chemicals, the stabilizers, the preservatives. But luckily, my product is frozen. Um, and so it has a longer shelf life, but it makes it harder because it's frozen. So I can't ship to you, for instance, mm, as much as I love it. It's a shame. <laughs> you, know, you have to ship overnight. Um, but it's yeah. definitely, um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult product to make considering it's a, it's a frozen product. And at the beginning you were, you won your tricycle, right? And you were going to the beach. So how, was it hard? You had to have something refrigerated, right? To, to sell it on the beach. I mean, yes. like an ice cream tricycle, I guess. 
yeah, so it's an ice school tricycle. Mind you, I knew nothing about the industry. I didn't even know how to bake ice cream the right way. <laughs> when I went to culinary school. Um, but so I just, I knew nothing about marketing. Um, when I finished, well, so I dropped out of UCLA, ended up going to culinary school, and I wanted to do a paleo meal delivery. So, you mm. know, I was a chef. And then after finishing culinary school, I had private clients from my gym, was making them paleo meals. And, you know, the option of for my dessert was the ice cream, but I was only selling them by pints. There were no ice cream sandwiches. And then I just decided to focus on one product. So I just sat at my dining table and I remember just brainstorming. I need a name. I need a name. I think I want to pursue the dessert. And so I just thought of the name Coconut Girl and I said, I'm going to be my own brand. So I was always trying to think about how am I going to be different? And, you know, growing, growing up in the Philippines, we used to have these ice cream carts that we would mm. get ice cream from. And that's what inspired me to get an high school, high school, did my Google research, found a company in either Portland, um, sent in my own design and they shipped it to me, I don't know, within a month or so. And I just started going to CrossFit events on the weekends, going to the beach and just selling out of my high school, high school. So oh, I still have cool. it. Um, and if you watch yeah. the Shark Tank, you did ride it into the tank. So that's how it's cool. Yeah. And, and, and your mother is from the Philippines, right? Both your, yes. both of your parents? I, um, both my parents. And I was actually born in the Philippines. So I moved okay. to California when I was five. So I pretty much grew up here. And I guess your mom also inspired you in some ways. Uh, that's yes. what I thought I understood from the, the biography. And she was working two jobs. That's a story, right? Yes. So growing up, you know, being an immigrant, you know, I watched my both my parents just work their butts off, but especially my mother, because I, I was mainly raised by my mother and she would work uh, her accounting job or she was a bookkeeper Monday through Friday and work at a care home on the weekends. And so I saw that to me, that was normal, just working your butt off, doing whatever it takes to support yourself, your family. Um, so that she definitely inspired me to work my butt off because it mm. took me a while to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. But working was just never an issue for me. So that that's good. And I guess also it, it inspired you to create that hashtag. I love that hashtag you have on Instagram, women on a mission. Uh, I tagged my wife in it. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, but it's uh, but she she doesn't her thing is not in in English. But um, anyways, I thought it was cool, and um, yeah. So you're highlighting women, so uh, to, to you put you put them uh, on the spotlight, if I can say so. Um, that's that's really cool. Can you tell us about that that mission? Um, yes. Yeah, so growing up, I you know I struggled. I didn't even though I'm close to my mom now. Growing up. I wasn't close to her. I didn't have um, anybody to really guide me. And then growing up being a tomboy, you know, I've always, I felt like I was always different. I didn't really follow the herd, um, mm. but I've always been about empowering other women because I didn't have that growing up. So I had to go seek for it myself. So now, you know, after sharing my story, being transparent about everything in my Shark Tank process, you know, being an entrepreneur, I realized that a lot of women could relate to me and they appreciate my my honesty and so i i realize i've inspired a lot of women you know through shark tank and sharing my story and i'm like well this is amazing this is always what i've wanted to create a company um and just inspire other women or you know young girls or it doesn't matter how old you are and so that's always been something that i've been passionate about and why not use the platform you know if yeah. you can inspire 
even just one woman to share our stories or struggles, um, why not? That to me is very fulfilling um, because that's what I didn't have growing up. And that's mm. kind of, that's the leadership that I want to have uh, for my company and whatever I do. So yeah, so that's it's, it's really cool. And, and did some, could you talk with those, one of those women and uh, wh- some of the women? I, yeah. I know a handful of them being in, okay. you know, in my industry, you make a lot of friends connections and then sure. being in fitness. So a lot of them I actually know. And, you know, when you go to the grocery stores, you, you do store demos, you end up meeting a lot of these, um, these entrepreneurs and these vendors. And that's what inspired me to do that as well. Cause it's like, I already know a bunch of these women. And then now we have other women tagging each other, or, you know, yeah. um, not hating them. So yeah, I think it's just a great thing to do to just have that support um, and just be transparent about your struggles because, you know, with social media, although it's shifting now, a lot of people only want to glamorize your success, right? They don't want to yeah. talk about failures, but for me, what I would always read, you know, I, I did drop out of UCLA, but I'm always self-educating and what I love reading um, stories about other entrepreneurs and, but mainly their failures because we're all going to fail in life. And, yeah. uh, but when you're inspired by other people's stories, that's what keeps you going. And that's what I want to do with, you know, telling these women's stories, women on a mission, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. And it can be also confusing because uh, we often hear the same examples of people, although they said they failed, they, at the end, they succeeded. It's always the same guys, you know, Steve Jobs and these guys. And we're like, come on, there must be other entrepreneurs out there who have different stories I can better relate to. So no, yeah. that's... That's really cool. And you think it's harder for a woman to be an entrepreneur? I definitely think so. Um, yes. Not to say entrepreneurship is just hard in general, but I think so in a sense because, um, especially you know, being younger and then um, you know dropping out of college. But I I feel like it is because sometimes men don't take you that seriously. Like being in my industry, you know, I'm technically a manufacturer. And then working in, you know, um, these facilities, a lot of them, they don't think that I know how to work the machines. And mind Mm -hmm. you, I know how to install this. I will figure it out. And so there's a little bit of that where you have to gain their respect, you know, just because I'm a woman doesn't mean I don't understand how mechanics work, how this machine works, you know, I mean, so definitely, I mean, I drive a truck, (laughs) I'm a tomboy. And so I definitely know how to figure things out. So I'm not um, fragile by any means, but I feel like it it is, it can be very hard because we are more of an emotional um, human being, you know, um, it's just, I know I am, but I'm always having to prove to myself, like I can, um, I can set my emotions aside and and make a a logical business decision. So yeah, it's things for everybody, but yeah. It's not like, hey, you're a woman. You know, it's not like a direct. It's it's all in the little, the little things. People maybe had to talk to you in some situations. I guess how they, like you said, with the machines. You know, they they, they maybe they didn't say anything. They just assume you don't know. You know those those kind of things. I had one. I had one guy tell me, and he owned the kitchen. And it's funny because I ended up learning how to use the, his machine better than him. And so he would call me and ask me, oh. <laughs> And so that, that's just, I'm not saying everybody experiences, that's just from my experience. Yeah, no, of course. Um, you know, because they look at me like, oh, you make ice cream. It's like, well, it's not just making ice cream. There's so many things behind that. Um, mm. But 
it. And that's why I want to inspire other women, you know, to just go for it. Because the great thing about us women is we can multitask. Um, and, you know, we will get the job done. So, yes. So what kind of uh, advice can you give to woman entrepreneur out there who wants to make it and just have an idea and they started, they don't know, you know, that. And maybe as a woman or, and also as an entrepreneur, like a, a woman and a guy actually can work. Um, we tend to think that our weaknesses is what is holding us back. Um, but I've learned that my weaknesses actually, I mean, because you're more driven to prove yourself or other people. Um, I've learned to take my weaknesses, you know, know what they are, but not to let that stop you. So, you know, there's an area in life, like for instance, for me, it was always marketing. I didn't go to business school. I didn't learn anything about sales and marketing. And I was very shy. That was my weakness. And I used to let that stop me from doing anything I wanted in life. And I said, you know what? I'm the only one holding myself back. So I decided to take that weakness, whether it's being shy. And I said, I'm going to put myself out there. And I was more determined. And I think that's what made me successful because I knew that was my weakness and I had to work more at it harder and prove myself and to other people that I'm not that weakness. Um, just and, and have that weakness, whatever, empower you. I think that's the number one thing because we're all insecure people, right? Whether yeah. you want to admit or not, we have our insecurities, um, but it's just um, it, getting head on with your fears or your weaknesses. So that I guess that would be my advice is to not let your weakness stop you from doing what you want to do. Yeah, that's 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 well said. And at the same time, I feel like for you, sometimes you want to prove, you know, that it fuels you, right? I feel like throughout your stories, it's like, oh, no, he can do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna. I'm hungrier, and now I'm gonna do it. You know, I I'm a tomboy. I have two older brothers. You know, I played basketball. <laughs> I'm very competitive. So you're fighter. Yeah. Yeah. So I would always have guys say, "No, you can't play football. You're a girl," and so <laughs> it always motivated me to to play better than them and run faster so yeah wow, that's cool and so um, to continue the, the the journey into your entrepreneurial adventures um then you you were contacted uh, how did you went to wholesale basically from your tricycle to yeah. uh big stores how did that happen how how did you manage it Uh, so I was, so I had the icicle tricycle. Um, I would do fitness events and then I would do farmer's markets like any day I, I could. Um, and I remember I was loading up my icicle tricycle in the car and I had a grocery store approach me. They were opening up a second location in downtown LA. Um, he had asked if I did wholesale. I lied. I said, yes, I do wholesale. And then I had to figure out how to do, you know, the labeling, the labels, the barcode, the packaging. Um, and luckily the, the second location, they weren't opening until, I don't know, three, four, five months. So I had time. Okay. Um, excited. And so that's how I uh, got my first account, my retail account. They actually approached me and I get it. It's so people want to give me crap for saying, Oh, she lied. Well, it's not anything different <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> in a different way where, you know, before I was selling it directly to consumers one-on-one at a farmer's market or event, but now you're just selling at a bulk price. Um, I had the labels, but obviously I didn't have barcodes because I was selling them directly. So um, I get it. You know, there's a fake it till you make it. And, and yes, I lied about doing wholesale, but it wasn't anything different than what I was already doing because 
I was actually selling wholesale to some gyms, um, but you know, it just wasn't. Um, People really much. give you crap for that. People uh, actually. I've seen some comments where, you know, everyone really? always will have a comment and everyone's entitled. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you're encouraging lying. I'm like, well, I didn't lie and say I didn't know how to make ice cream. I had a product. I just needed a barcode, you know, and, and figure out nutrition labels. Um, hmm. But you have to do these things, right? I mean, you don't yeah. get the gate knowing how to do everything, but it pushed me. Um, so when that retail, when that um, grocery store approached me, that's what gave me the idea to just shift my focus on now approaching grocery stores. And so that's what I started doing. I mean, it was basically cold calling, going to these individual um, local markets, um, you know, saying, hey, I'm Frank, you have this great product. Um, and they loved it. And that's how I started getting grocery stores. I mean, till this day, mm. I don't have a food broker. But um, I, yeah, I would just call them, email them, do whatever I could to get my products out there to the right person. And then eventually, probably a year later, grocery stores started approaching me. Um, Whole Foods found me. And then other buyers found me through other markets. And so it just, it started spreading organically. Wow. I'm, luckily you lied. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny to me because as a, as a magician, I always say we, I mean, of course we lie for the good, for good cause. <laughs> we like to say so, but also the way you become a magician is by, is, I mean, maybe it's more an entrepreneurial thing, but when people ask you as a magician, Hey, can you do this? And you have no idea how to do it. You say, yes, that's the thing you do because you know, you're going to get there. And it's as much of, as much of a magician thing than an entrepreneurial thing. And I mean, in my career, people ask me, hey, can you make uh, this guy appear on stage? And I have no idea how to do it, but I knew I knew someone who can teach me or I can read in a book or whatever. There's so many ways to know. And I think people are shy to do this yeah. because parents tell them lying is bad and, you know, but it's, no, I think lying is good sometimes in specific cases. And this is one of them. So I think it's, yeah, it's great you did it. I don't understand why this guy, those comments <laughs> happened because, yeah. Um, Richard Branson, and he's been quoted many times, and I don't know it by heart, but where he talks about, you know, somebody offers you an opportunity and you don't know how to figure it out, say yes to it and then figure it out later. And that's yeah. exactly what he did. Whether you want to yeah. call it lying or not, um, obviously there's good lies, bad lies. But yeah. um, the, if I didn't say yes to that, I mean, I probably wouldn't be where I am, right? I mean, yeah. You have to say yes to these opportunities. Their opportunities is what they are. And, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm the kind of person where, I mean, I don't know a lot of things, but once the opportunity is in front of me, I will figure it out. And, and you have to be like that as an entrepreneur. That's the biggest fear a lot of people have is they need a lot of entrepreneurs or people who want to pursue whatever it is, their business or career, they feel like they're not ready because they don't have everything figured out or their product or their prototype is not perfect. And that, and you know, and then they don't want to start it. My biggest advice, because I get asked all the time, like, what would you do? Because my, my website's not up this and that. It's like, mm. it doesn't matter. You have a great product, get it out there. You'll figure it out later. You know, you have time to perfect it because you're, you know, you have to put yourself out there and with my product, I started as a pint and then I shifted into an ice cream sandwich because I started, I saw my customers um, at the gym, they were making them into ice cream sandwiches. So I changed my mm. product 
And, but it didn't let me, you know, it didn't stop me from not putting my products out there. So don't wait for things to be perfect is my point. Um, yeah. And it's great that you, you actually observed it and that it didn't stop there. You just actually see what happens. And mm -hmm. that's, that's what's important. I think people also might be fixed to an idea, you know, no, I said I did, I do this, so I do this. And, and then they don't necessarily look on how to adjust it. it doesn't, Because that, that, I think that's great that you saw that they were doing that and you're like, oh, interesting. So maybe I'm going to do that. Sorry? You have, you have to adapt. Yeah. Uh, it's constantly evolving. So a lot of people are too terrified of putting themselves out there and launching a product because in their mind, it's not perfect. Yeah, it's true. And so you did you do everything yourself? Um, even now, do you actually, when you call uh, like grocery stores or... Um, when you when you to, to expand to different locations do you still do it yourself um so prior to shark tank i was in the kitchen seven days a week i had part-time help mainly in the kitchen but i was doing everything the sales the marketing all uh, the service, instagram now um because of the investment uh from mark cuban it allowed me to get manufacturers so i do not uh make the products anymore i've basically outsource that which has allowed me to focus on the business and the sales and marketing unfortunately the timing of everything you know when shark tank aired in march we had shelter in place two days after and so it definitely hit me in a in a hard way you know um but i'm not in the kitchen every day um so that allowed me to really build my team um you know i i still mainly the person working on everything but we do have support from our cubans team I do have a part-time employee and I have consultants here and there that work with me. So that's the current situation with myself. So what is the team that you built? I'm interested to know how did you, how did you build it? What kind of people you chose? Um, I have a strategic advisor now, you know, I have a CFO that I consult with. Um, you know, I have my bookkeepers accountants and then um, people on Mark Cuban's team. So they definitely help me. Um, although I'm not working with a food broker right now, but they do help me with the connections and, you know, getting um, my products out there. Mm. I'm so very fortunate that I do have this team to rely so on. So that's, it changed a lot uh, with the, um, with the, the investment. How, so that changed, what has changed uh, basically? Uh, well, we were just in one distribution center January of this year before Shark Tank aired. Um, now we're in eight or nine and we've expanded to other states. So we're in Texas, we're in all of California. We were originally just in Southern California. So Texas, we've always been in Arizona, Hawaii, Nevada, but so yeah, Texas is probably one of our biggest accounts. Uh, we're in Washington, Tennessee, and Michigan. So we, we've definitely expanded. Um, we're yeah. growing and I believe we're going to be offering, um, direct shipping, we're partnering up with a different company. So we're going to be offering shipping to people who can't in the U S um, who are not able to go to the grocery stores that we're in right now. So it's definitely growing, very excited. Um, yeah. It's changed for the better, for sure. <laughs> and if, if you didn't, you, you were, if Shark Tank didn't happen, you weren't accepted, what would I, what would you have done? You would have looked for another investor. You would have continued yourself. The traditional way. I mean, I don't know why. I just, I was so busy just making ice cream and I didn't really um, go out and seek for investors. Mm. I just had a shark tank, which is usually backwards, I guess, but that would have <laughs> <been> out. <laughs> It depends on people, yeah.
Yeah, so that would have been the route. I mean, the great thing about Shark Tank, obviously, is if you make it um, on air, is the publicity and, you know, it's a wider audience. Yeah, of course, yeah. Why would you say no to that? Um, but that's definitely the the route that I would have taken was to traditional get an investor. Um, yeah, I mean, it didn't really matter. I was going to find a way. Yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted. I wanted to hear <laughs> because yeah. you know sometimes you, you don't if you don't have the the knowledge and you think well I'm just gonna continue like that. I guess a lot of people do that. That they would have continued, which is not not a shame. They do whatever they want. But if they want to expand, if people have a business like yours, do you think they need an investor to go to the next stage, or is yeah. there any other ways? Mm. I mean, unless you come from money, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> definitely need capital in any type of business. But with yeah. my industry, of course, you know, when you work with food, the distributors you work with, you have to upfront the cost for inventory, right? So you're sitting there and working with manufacturers, you have bigger purchase orders. And so, you know, cash flow is always tied for every company. But when you have a perishable product, especially when it's frozen and you're managing logistics, distribution, manufacturing, it's hard to not seek for help because um, you'll burn through the cash really fast hmm. you know i was thinking i'm gonna get one of those uh, <laughs> i don't know how yet but i'm gonna get one of those uh ice cream sandwich i'm gonna go to the us i'm gonna go to i'm gonna call you and say hey where are they i want i want one i want to try <laughs> if you cannot ship one to france i'm afraid now <laughs> No, but that, that's that's cool. I, I you know I, I didn't know how to. What would you what would you have said if I was going to ask you what had, what changed after the investment? But that's that's interesting. Do you think it's for the? It didn't kill your passion. Did it? How did no. it change for you personally as an entrepreneur? Um, in a weird way, it kind of gave me validation. It's weird, you know, just for. Yeah were excited about it um and being so insecure and camera shy and then putting yourself out there you don't know what to expect on shark tank but the fact that the sharks they were loving it um you know especially someone like mark cuban because i wanted yeah. him to be my investor but in a way it gave the company validation because i was doing everything on my own and i'm just like i'm winging this um but you know People were passionate about it. I mean, people, there's a lot of people out there who've seen Shark Tank, never tried my products, but they're determined to try my products. Um, so it, yeah, it's, it's, it was definitely exciting to finally put myself out there. Um, it's definitely changed for the better um, in a sense where, yeah, it just gave the company validation. In a sense. Yeah, I guess you learned a lot also in the process. So much, I guess. It must have been like a, like a complete turn for you, uh, maybe yeah. in, your, in your mindset. Yeah, I can imagine. That's a really cool story. That's a really cool story, and I love that you you embodied well. So it's um, it's pretty cool. And what about the COVID? You said it was uh, was hard on your company. I mean, it was hard for everyone. <laughs> hey, welcome to the club. But how did you how did you manage it? Well, this is what happened. I mean, Shark Tank aired. Everyone literally went to the grocery store and bought everything off the shelves. And then shelter in place happened. Everyone's freaking out about toilet paper. So obviously there was a disruption in distribution. And, you know, I had customers on Instagram saying, hey, we were going to all these stores. They're empty. So I'm calling the grocery stores and I'm like, hey, um, you know, are you going to stock my products? And they're like, ma'am, I'm sorry, but, you know, COVID is happening and 
all the freezers are empty. We can't prioritize your products because you're an ice cream. So I'm not essential, you know, and, and, and I totally understand everyone was out there buying the essential products and ice cream unfortunately took a back burner, but eventually we bounced back. Um, you know, now it's not normal, but you know, you go to the grocery store, it's semi-normal. It's not empty. People like, not freaking out about toilet paper. So it did hurt me, but in a way it was a blessing in disguise because at that time as well, I was transitioning from being a self-manufacturer to working with two co-packers. Um, so we were, you know, trying to uh, refine everything. So it was a blessing in disguise because it bought me time to really nail down manufacturing. Um, mm. So yeah, there was definitely some positive in that. I like that you see always the positive. <laughs> you need to as an entrepreneur, but it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, it was just a weird, the timing of everything, like I said, was good because, yeah. you know, moving, manufacturing and working with new um, co-packers, I mean, there's a lot of things to figure out and it takes some time. And so if COVID didn't happen, there's no way we could have been able to just keep going and going and going. Um, but yeah, so it did hurt you know, for a few months, yeah, sure. uh, but we bounced back and we're, we're launching in other distribution centers, which is allowing us to be in other States. So, um, yeah, it's, I'm excited. Unfortunately, it's, you know, uh, we don't have any seasonal flavors right now. So it's a little bit of our downtime, but not really. Um, but I always take downtime as a way to focus on, um, the business and plan ahead as well. So, yeah, that's cool. I love <laughs> every time there is something wrong, there's something positive in it. Yes. I love that. I love that. Yeah, no, it's good. I think a lot of people get carried away and maybe maybe that's not the right uh, words. Uh, people get overwhelmed, overwhelmed, and they don't see, they don't take the, they don't make the effort to look at the positive. And I think for you, it, I don't know, but it looks like, it seems like it became a, a habit uh, that you are doing this. I think it's important for entrepreneurs looking, entrepreneurs out there, make the effort force yourself at first because that's so important otherwise on the long term you become crazy um you always see the dark side and the yeah. the bad stuff so and how did you how did you personally uh, manage the the covid not necessarily you on the business side i know it's very linked because that's your life you're an entrepreneur but um i in a weird way i mean of course we were all scared you didn't know what was going to happen but in a way, I thought it was kind of not bad because on a personal level, I could kind of just focus on like, okay, relax because you work so much and so many mm. things happen. Um, because prior to Shark Tank, I just moved from Santa Monica to here in the Bay Area. Um, so it kind of gave me downtime to focus and, you know, spend time with my family. Um, but I, I think it was good for me. It, it I, you know, you started... But things are just going, 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 moving, moving, moving. You take everything for granted. And so it was kind of yeah. like back, you know, aside from Coconut Girl, who are you, right? I almost mm. kind of lost myself because everything was tied to my business. And so now I've just been focusing on, you know, what makes me happy and, and how do I kind of have my own identity aside from Coconut Girl. So it was good for me in that sense. I've reconnected with, you know, people in a weird way. Um, you know, with my family members, even though we're not allowed to see each other, but yeah, you just kind of step back and, and pause and uh, reflect on your life and how you could be a better person. So it was good for me. 
Yeah, it's difficult when you're an entrepreneur and you have your brand, especially when you embody your brand, you coconut girl, you know, it's it's hard to, it's hard sometimes to separate. Um, yeah. I, I had, I know I had that as a magician, as a keynote speaker, you know, it's me, people buy me. It's even, I don't even have, I mean, I don't, I do have a product, but people buy as much the product as me. And I know exactly what you mean. It's, it's hard sometimes to, especially, Maybe it's even harder when when you you do everything when you do so much everything yourself. Um, yeah. And I guess you don't do that anymore, Nana, because you have a whole team. You you still do a lot, but yeah. Do you think it's it's harder when you were in the, if when COVID happened, you were in the first phase, or you, you didn't have the investment yet, or? Um, no, I did because I got the investment in December. Okay, and but it so was still a big transition. Yeah, so I, it was a transition. And mind mm. you, it wasn't just moving my business. I was moving my life. Like I yeah, was starting yeah. over, even though I grew up in the Bay Area, but I've been in Santa Monica for I think, 13 years. So it was basically starting over. Um, so yeah, you know, you like I said, you whether it's business or your personal life, every time something goes wrong, I just try to look at the positive side because that's the only thing that's going to keep you going. Because what's the point? You can't control a lot of things that happen in life, business, your family, your friends, your health. And so, you know, I always try to look at the positive things and anything that goes wrong or bad or what we consider as a failure. Yeah. And you have kids? I have no kids. No. You have no kids. Okay. That's, that's I, I was confused. Awesome. I saw on, on Instagram some kids and I was oh, like... Maybe. Her <laughs> one of them looks like me but those are my <laughs> no i um i'm actually no i have no kids i'm not married i'm single so in terms of like work-life balance um i can yeah with covid it's like i can just focus on what i want to do and my business so i'm definitely in a good position because i don't know how people are doing with children i yeah. applaud them you know <laughs> they have to school them no i just have myself to worry about my business so i'm in a good place but I can't it's, go it's difficult in another way because i think it's you can easily uh, overwork yourself when you're single because if, if you i mean of course it's hard when you have kids and a family and this and that and you have to manage all that I'm, it's not my case so i am just um, i have my wife and it, we manage like that but it's always we're always on the limits and if we had kids I don't know if we, how it would be, but I think if you're alone, um, I mean, if you're single, it's it's maybe harder not to overwork yourself sometime. So how do you how do you take those? How do you manage this uh, work-life balance? Well, what's funny is, so I was married very young, and then okay. I'm actually, and this is the first time like really openly talking about it. But I moved to the Bay Area because of a guy, and then I got engaged like two days after Shark Tank aired and okay. then I broke up with him. So I was probably one of those cases where COVID happened and then you really get to know your significant other and realize this is not for me. And so with me, I'm starting over with my life because I've always been in a serious relationship, you know, got married really young, um, engaged. I didn't, you know, we basically kind of, um, rush things and so now I'm in a weird transition in my life where it's like okay I think I'm gonna stay here in the Bay Area now I really have to find myself not as a single person um and so I'm not saying single life is easy but it's good for me right now because so much yeah. has happened 
with my life, with my business. Um, you know, the, the week that I filmed for Shark Tank, my father passed away and it was tough oh. on me because I was living in uh, Los Angeles and mind you, it's not far. It's a one hour flight, but I was working so much. It was the busiest season I had. I finally started working with a distributor. I was filming for Shark Tank. I was working seven days a week. I was trying to manage a, a long distance relationship at the same time. Wow. It was a lot. So no, it was hard on me. And I've always worked two jobs whenever I could. So for the first time in my life at the age of 34, I'm single and I can step back from, okay, I worked seven days a week for the longest time. And now, I mean, because of COVID, you know, I used to do store demos on the weekends or events on the weekends because we don't have that now. I don't have to work on the weekends. Of course, I'm very responsive to like social media or, or email on the weekends, but I don't physically have to be at a kitchen or whatever. Um, so this is a new life for me. Um, so I'm still figuring it out. It, it's weird, It's but I like it <laughs> because yeah. I can now focus on me and not worry about um, somebody else at the moment, just because what I've been through, you know, like I said, I was married and, and I was engaged and um, I'm starting over. <laughs> That's one, two years that were really packed, really intense yes. for you. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I think a lot of people also reassess themselves and thought about their lives during after the COVID as well. Of course, we didn't have all all the the elements you had in your life, but um, I think I think even even people who had a like a normal you know nine to five job with no special events during that year, they still thought about what they're gonna do, where they're gonna live, how they're gonna live. I think it it, it like it. Um, poke people uh, uh, introspection, if I can say so. It opened up their eyes a lot to, yeah, kind of evaluate what they're going through right now and, and how... For how long? For how long? That's the question. For how long? I, yeah. That's the, um... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. You just take it one day at a time. I know yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Also, I'm interested, you know, I'm interested about, um, I'm passionate about education. And as an entrepreneur who worked a lot and you talked about your mom and how she inspired you, and I know you don't have kids, but uh, you don't need kids to talk about education. I'm interested to know what do you think, um, what do you think about education today relating to entrepreneurship? Uh, because I know we entrepreneurship is not taught too much. And what do you think it should be? How should it be? I'm interested in that. Um, because I didn't go to college right away after high school. I mean, someone like me who I, I have a hard time specializing in one thing. So with education, I'm of course totally for education, but the conventional route that the you know the typical after high school you have to figure everything out i just don't think that should be normal like i feel mm. um it, it takes us so you know there's so many people that i've talked to that went to college and they changed their major so many times and that's very expensive for someone like me i i'm always wanting to learn whether it's through work other people's experience reading books online you know the great thing about the internet i'm always educating myself just not in the traditional sense you know you end up paying so much money to the college and most of the time that's not what you pursue in your career um yeah. so education is very very important unfortunately it's 
um, yeah, you just, it's different for everybody. It's different for everybody. And we have to be more open-minded. I think we are a lot more open-minded about that now, um, especially with all of the resources we have on online, online education, you know, even through YouTube, yeah. you can learn. Um, but that's how I feel about education where you don't have to go the traditional route, but you, you have to be open-minded. So whether that's reading books, podcasts, you know, following speakers, um, motivational speakers, um, entrepreneurs, I feel like that's where we're shifting and, you know, we need to be more open-minded about that kind of education. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm totally on board with everything you said. And especially in the U S uh, universities at the, for a French guy, it's crazy yeah. to see how expensive it is, but it's not judgmental. It's just, we have different systems, right? But right. when you go to university in, in France, well, it is what it is. It's not, a, I went to university for, for three years and it's, it wasn't, it wasn't the, the, the degree that's going to change my life, but it, I paid 500 euros for the whole year. What is that US dollars? That's, I don't know, $600, you know, that's, <laughs> oh my that's, goodness. Yeah, that's that's $600. And I had, I mean, of course, I'm not on a campus and I don't have a, you know, a room or whatever, but you know, you have all the materials, you have all the courses for the whole year and, and access to everything. And, and in some of the countries in Europe, I don't want to say, oh, this is France. It's perfect or not. That's not what I'm trying to do here. In other countries, they're paid to do the studies, you know, in northern countries. And I don't want to, uh, maybe I'm, I'm mistaking on the countries, but Netherlands, uh, Denmark, stuff like that, they paid to go to university, some of those countries. Um, so when you see like some of the universities crazy, right, in the U.S., how much would it be in the U.S. right now to go um, to university? I don't even know. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, I finally yeah. My um, student debt from culinary school. I mean, luckily, I did. I did a lot of my um, like associates courses through community college, so I saved money on that. But yeah. so, and that's one of the reasons why I had to drop out of college is because I worked so much and I couldn't justify. I was a philosophy major. I couldn't justify paying my tuition, and I didn't know what I was going to do with it. So I'm like, this is not for me. Um, but you know. I felt bad. I, it was a secret for the longest time, but it motivated me. I told myself, if I'm going to drop out of UCLA, I better do something with my life. You know, that or just go back to school. Um, so it was good. It, it just, I had nightmares about it and it was not an easy decision. But looking back at it now, it was a great decision for me because I didn't know what I was going to do with a philosophy major. I was very passionate about the, the topic, but in terms of like justifying the student loan debt, and then, you know, yeah. having to financially support myself while I'm going through school it was impossible for me at the time, um, especially because I was very passionate about health and fitness. And that's what I wanted to pursue. So, yes, the traditional route um, is not for everybody. and We need to be more accepting of that and not pressure our children to um, have to go to college right away. Like, let them figure it out. Um, we should be learning more about yeah, entrepreneurship, you know, how, taxes. Yeah how to pay your bill, stuff like that. The real world stuff too. Yeah, it's, it's very true. Actually, Mark Cuban actually made a, I have it here. It's a little book for kids and on entrepreneurship uh, with oh, other yeah. authors. Yeah, I'll send you one. I'll send you one with pleasure. Uh, it's, it's, it's really cool. It's uh, short and well, I'll tell you more about it because there's something else that is not 
um, a project that I'm working on as well. But uh, I'll send you one of the oh. one of the books. But it's something that I'm I'm wondering as well. Did you, did you need to go to culinary school, or was it a choice? And why did you do it? I mean, looking back at it now, it's, I should have just got a job at a restaurant. <laughs> my knife skills that way but it's one of those things sometimes you feel like okay you don't know what you don't know right and so why not um I needed structure and you know even though yes it's just cooking you can learn that on YouTube I watched the Food Network but it was just I I wanted that structure and there were things that I didn't know I didn't know so I just felt like um I needed to enroll in and in culinary school um, but it definitely helped me because it, it taught me a lot about um, kitchen management and, and a lot yes. of things that we don't even talk about like learning your you know cost of goods sold you actually learn that in culinary school so the management side of um, you know having a food product or a restaurant you do learn that in culinary school um, so I don't regret it of course it's, it was very expensive but um, you know a lot of people ask me should I go to culinary school it's like well it depends you could just go get a job at a restaurant and learn the same thing. So yeah. it's probably an option too. So you don't have to go to culinary school for sure. But the one thing I did learn was to properly make ice cream. Um, I'm not a baker. People don't realize this, but when you're a chef, rather a chef, you know, you free, you just cook freely without any recipes. Um, and then there's the pastry chef and I am not that, but I actually did pay attention in one of my classes when it, um, they started talking about ice cream where you add an egg yolk, you, you know, you cook it with the, the milk or the cream. So that was the one thing that I did get out of culinary school that I actually use in my business considering um, I have an ice cream company. That's cool though. That's cool. That's yeah. important. So what is next for you now? What's next? Um, I, know, I know there's a lot going on now, yeah. so I don't want to push it too much. But... <laughs> well, obviously is, um, you know, getting my products out there to more retailers, more states, um, expanding. But eventually, you know, what I see with Coconut Girl is being more than ice cream. I was originally Coconut Girl ice cream. I dropped it. Now we're Coconut Girl brands. And so, you know, thinking big, eventually I'd love to have other products that's not just ice cream, but you know, coconut girl, I want to be like the next skinny girl brand, but you know, in the health and fitness space, whether it's, you know, clothing or other products, that's not ice cream. Um, but I want coconut girl to be this brand that has other products. That I can buy from you, uh, some clothes or whatever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is on frozen. And yeah, there you go. yeah, I'm looking for stuff um, to so buy. That's next for <laughs> um i'll send you a picture with the t-shirt coconut girl there you uh, go <laughs> coconut man <laughs> yeah yeah why not and what do you what do you think are the next obstacles that you are going to find in your way that you are going to have to overcome well it's definitely the growing pains i mean i feel it now you know the bigger that you get the more you expand to different distribution centers you have a whole set of problems um um so that's yeah, I feel like those are the next issues I'm going to be facing and I am facing right now is, you know, launching other products, um, being in other states. Um, and the bigger you get, you have bigger problems and then managing the team and, and having more people on staff. Um, but it's all exciting things. Um, I'm still this day very, I think you asked me and I don't know that I answered it, but, you know, has Shark Tank changed my passion? And no, yes. like it gave me validation and I'm more passionate about it because I feel like, there are people out there who believe in me or stand behind me. You know, I have mentors now, which is amazing. I have access to that. Um, I'm definitely more driven and more passionate because mm. I'm not really tired from being in the kitchen. And so I'm able to just be more creative 
um, and, and meet more with people, not physically, but, you know, connect via email or even connect with you. Um, if I was working in the kitchen seven days a week, I would have to say no, because I'm like, I don't have time. Yeah, yeah. I have more opportunities to um, connect and network with people, even though there's COVID. So I think it's kind of a, also a little bit unfair that people are like, oh, Shark Tank gave you this opportunity. Like you went and get it like an, another investor. So I want to take that yeah. away from the comments that could yeah. say that because <laughs> that, exposure, national exposure. Yeah, exposure, but That's also an investor. Fair. And it's like, your life changed after that yeah well you know it's you you build it until there so i think it's also something that people can mistake for uh, young entrepreneurs and they might look for this one opportunity that's going to change everything but you worked so hard before so um, maybe i don't know maybe you you we should tell them like hang on if you're working in the kitchen because you're building for something uh for the day then when you're going to meet a, a potential investor or something like that. Oh yeah. And Shark Tank or my investor, they didn't like solve my problems. I had, yeah. you, know, you just need a little bit of help um, and, and mentors. And that's really what I needed was, you know, the financial help and the mentorship. Um, and, but I, I put in all of the work. I mean, even though post Shark Tank, you still have to put in all the work. I mean, with the, with the sharks, you know, they want to, they want to work with entrepreneurs who are in this full time. They don't want to yeah. just invest in a company. They do all the work. Like, what's the point? They don't have time for that. They have so many investments. So um, the one thing that I've noticed is people are um, investing in the investor, the entrepreneur. And so, um, you know, people get really insecure about, oh, well, my sales numbers aren't here or I, or I have no sales. It's, it's not just that. They realize it's the, it's you, you as the entrepreneur, that's what they invest in. And I feel like that's, you know, the number one reason why they invested in Coconut Girl was they saw my passion, my drive, my hustle. I was doing everything on my own and, and I got all my accounts till this day. I'm still getting my accounts myself. So um, yeah, just be passionate about it. And people will see it and share your story. So I think we cannot, we have to stop here because the, we cannot go better than that. Um, and I took a, lo a lot of your time already. Um, that's, I think that's great, great advice for people watching us. And I hope it's going to inspire them. Um, I want to um, uh, show them and tell them where we can find you. Uh, we're going to put links in the description, of course. But uh, can you tell on, on which social media, your website? Yes, it's just coconutgirlbrands.com with an S. Same with um, Instagram, which is mostly what we use, but thank you for letting me share my story i i really appreciate it so no with pleasure thank you for taking the time i it was a uh, really uh, enjoyable and and as i said to you i it's the first time i contact someone i saw a video from on linkedin randomly oh. and i was like why not <laughs> it's a super cool story so um and and i think a lot of people are going to be inspired i know from my uh, entourage from my uh for people I know, they I told them, ah, I'm going to do a podcast with uh, that girl and you're going to watch it. So um, I know already that some people are going to benefit from that. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Uh, I'll put all the links below and um, maybe I see you the next time. Awesome. My thank pleasure. you. Bye. Bye, Frankie. <laughs>